RNZ National Friday afternoon means movie time. Are you thinking about going to see something this weekend? Well, Sam Hollis can help you out. He's one of our movie reviewers. He joins me in the Auckland studio. Hello there. Kia ora. Nice to be with you in the studio for a change. Sam's a Wellingtonian, but he's up in Auckland, hanging out with us, the rest of his team for once. And you actually went to the movies here in Auckland. I did indeed, yeah. It was my first time at the uh, the event cinema on Queen Street. It was a nice nice experience. A bit of a maze, that building. Yeah. Did you go the full, like, gold-class situation? No, no, and sadly not the IMAX either, okay. um, which I was really looking forward Just to. Just your bog-standard. Bog standard cinema experience. Okay. What have you seen this week? Uh, so we'll start off with A Haunting in Venice. This is the third of the recent Agatha Christie adaptations, directed by and starring Kenneth Branagh as Detective Hercule Poirot. Uh, oh. This one is based on the novel Halloween Party, which I don't believe has been adapted before. Um, so, like you just said, this is in cinemas. How many books now. did this woman write? That's a good question. I'm, I'm no expert, but apparently they never. I don't think they're ever going to run out of them for <laughs> film adaptation. So I think we're set for life here. Um, so of course this is another mystery, another whodunit. Uh, and in this one, Poirot has left, left detective work behind, and he's retired to beautiful Venice when he runs into an old friend who invites him to a séance in this haunted palazzo to see if he can discover how this particular medium pulls off her tricks. Uh, but of course, in the midst of all this, there's a gruesome murder, and Poirot refuses to let anyone leave until he's solved the case. So with a whodunit, we get a, a great ensemble cast. So in this one, we've got Kyle Allen, Jamie Dornan, Tina Fey's in there, um, recent Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh, and um, many, many more. So the the thing I appreciated most, I think, with this film, given that it is the third in the franchise, uh, of this recent franchise anyway, they did really try to do something different with this one. It's still a mystery, but Branagh really leans into the horror aspects of this particular story. Um, so where the other films, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile, they're suspenseful and they're mysterious, but really scary. And while I don't necessarily think Kenneth Branagh is the most effective horror director in the world, I think that at least this film felt different than the other two. Horror, um, you say? Yeah, because it's it's getting into the supernatural a bit more. You've mm. got the seances, you know, ghosts and goblins, all that kind it's of stuff. So it's, kind of, it's meant to give you a little fright from time Yeah, time. there's the odd jump scare. No, it's more like, you know, creaks and creeping around yeah. corners, that kind mm. of stuff. A little bit more than the other two. So I like that it just had a different feel to it. Um, but getting into the story itself, I think this is maybe the weakest in this recent franchise, just as far as the story goes. Um, I mean, with a whodunit, everyone in the audience is obviously waiting for the big reveal at the end but I think the trick that a movie like this really has to pull off is making the lead up to that moment interesting you have to want to know about these characters you have to enjoy the interplay between them so that you're not simply sitting there going okay just tell me who did it so I can go home and with this one it did get to that point for me Um, like if you compare it to other whodunits I'm thinking like Clue and uh, The Last of Sheila from the 70s, or even Knives Out recently. Um, In those films, the mystery is certainly an element, but it's there to serve the characters and serve the ensemble. And as much as you want to know the answers, you're just enjoying spending time with the characters Mm. and you're enjoying the process. Um, Whereas here, that's a little bit reversed for me. Uh, The mystery being solved is imminently more engaging than any of the characters (laughs) taking part in it. Mm. Um, The standout in the cast clearly is Michelle Yeoh. Uh, She plays the uh, the psychic medium who's hosting the seance and she just gives it her all and she does imbue that character with a lot of nuance and a lot of pathos um, so you're always intrigued by her when she's on screen uh, compared to a lot of the other characters who 
fell pretty flat for me. I don't know if it really falls at the feet of the actors so much as Brenner. Um, I mean, like I said, this is his third time in the bullpen and it felt a little bit um, from a directorial standpoint that he was on autopilot here. There's a bit of a strange mix of different visual styles. The pacing was a little bit all over the place. There's some really jarring cuts and shot compositions yeah. um, it almost felt like he's just starting to get a little bit bored of this mm-hmm. honestly uh, and I felt it lacked a kind of passion and energy that was there in the other two films which is disappointing because Kenneth Branagh is a smart confident filmmaker he's made some great films in his time so I mean look if you're, if you're someone who's inclined to a mystery story the reveal is fun and satisfying the plot will keep you hooked in A Haunting in Venice but that's where the intrigue kind of ended for me and I thought there was just a lot more juice to be squeezed out of this story than than what it gave. Tell you what, if you didn't enjoy this Agatha Christie adaptation, you would have hated the 1994 Hamilton Playbox theatre production of Go Back for Murder. That sounds fascinating. Starring right? starring yours truly. Oh, really? Yeah. As, as in lead role? As Well, I couldn't get a lead role. I played the American tourist, but I, I didn't have much of an American accent, but there weren't anyone I was else. Ju- I was just going to say. Audi- auditioning for that part. I feel like so. the listeners are going to be begging for a, for a line of dialogue. It yeah. was a long two weeks at Rivoli Theatre with mostly empty houses and terrible reviews, Sam. Is that much like your comedy career? Or? It was the end of my acting career. Uh. Yeah, thank you. Go back for murder. One of her stage plays, she wrote 74 novels, 28 collections of short stories, and 16 plays. Incredible. Yeah. There you go. Never running out of material, are yep, we? So, so if this uh, one wasn't great, there'll be another one. Kenneth Branagh will have plenty uh, of work ahead of him. <laughs> Very good. So that one's called Haunting in Venice. And then one called Paint. Yeah, this is a comedy written and directed by Brick McAdams. It stars Owen Wilson alongside Michaela Watkins and Sierra Renee. And this has just become available to rent on Neon and Apple TV mm-hmm. as of yesterday. Um, so here you've got Owen Wilson starring as a painter named Carl Nagel, who is unquestionably uh, based solely on Bob Ross. Uh, he's got the look, he's got the big curly afro, and he hosts a painting TV show. Uh, I don't know Bob Ross. He was the, the painter in, I, I assume, like the, the 70s who had that TV show where he teaches everyone how to paint trees while he uses whimsical words. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you can actually find some of his old shows on Netflix. I when, when you say painter, he's not painting houses, he's painting pictures. He's painting pictures, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's painting exclusively landscapes uh, of mountains. Okay, and, got yeah. it, got it. So here, uh, you know, this has all brought him fame and acclaim, but the trouble comes when a younger, more inventive painter named Ambrosia comes along and threatens to steal his spotlight. Um, So I I heard about this movie a while ago, and I remember the poster coming out, and I saw Owen Wilson with the Bob Ross look, and I was like, sweet, I'm sold, I'm in, that's all I need to know. This is going to be a comedy goldmine. And at that time, I assumed it was a movie about Bob Ross. I didn't realise until I sat down to watch it that he was in fact playing a, a fictional character who's yeah. just heavily inspired by him. Mm. So I did just want to clarify that because I think if you've seen the promotional material <laughs> yeah. for this, you might go in assuming <laughs> the same thing. Mm. Um, so look, I'll be honest, I was kind of trying to drag out the Haunting in Venice discussion because yeah. I really don't have too much to say about this. When, when I heard about this, I thought it had real potential to be... Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like we don't get as many just straight up and down comedies these days. Like a good 90-minute comedy that you can right. just kind of like... You know, put not your, trying to change the 
world. No, just put your brain to one side, take your thinking cap off, and yeah. just and just have a fun time. And I thought this had real potential to kind of play like one of those films. But I, I think that they just went an unfortunate direction with the story. You know, the, what I described for you there, it's, it's been done a million times before, and it just came across very bland and very generic to me. The jokes are hit and miss. And the most disappointing aspect for me, I think, is that it just didn't take any big swings. I think with using Bob Ross as an inspiration, that's there's such intrigue there that you could have taken it in some really surreal, strange, wild mm-hmm. directions, and it just didn't do that. And I was like, why? Why did you have to go with a? It's got a typical love story crammed in there, yeah. and it's just got all these things. And I'm just like, this, this could have gone a really interesting uh. direction. So I think it was a bit of a shame. Um, I, I wish I had more to say about it, but at the end of the day, um, this. This was just like the dictionary definition of fine. Um, Maybe it was one of those ones that initially the concept was really great and there was a really hot script and then just one too many people in Hollywood got their mitts on it. Yeah, well, it was written a long time ago. I think I think as early as like 2010, 2011, and it ended up on that, right. that blacklist they have each year of scripts, unproduced scripts, uh, <laughs> that everyone's like, you know, it's making its way around Hollywood. Everyone's right. had their eyes over it, like, oh, this looks like a good idea. Yeah. Maybe one day, and then 10 years later, they finally produce it, and it's probably gone through the ringer, yeah. like, like you said. When I was um, in Hollywood, um, staying with a friend who was in the industry, um, the hot talk there was a movie called 51st Dates. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, um, which is a pretty wacky comedy mm. with some really silly moments. Now, when that script was going around Hollywood, people were like, this is going to be the next kind yep. of inception, the next eternal sunshine of spotless. It was such a beautiful artistic movie. And then it got put through the studio ringer and featured like a large... Uh, walrus, as I remember, like with mm, horrific bodily fluids. You know, it just got turned into something completely yeah, different. Yeah. It must be very depressing well, for the I, person I who came that, up with the first script. Yeah, because it goes to show you, right, that premise and execution are two <laughs> very, very different things. Yeah. I mean, Barbie was a recent example of that. Barbie was one of those films that had been on the script blacklist and everyone was talking about it like, oh, this is the most amazing, yeah. incredible thing. Like, when they finally make this, it's going to really be something. And I'm sitting back going, Barbie, pfft. Yeah. Not going to happen, and then now, and look at it now. So yeah. it can go either way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you know this is an example of it going not quite the right way. I mean, I, I think you could have just you could have taken this character and this premise to far more interesting territories. So the fact that what we got is just meh is a bit disappointing. Movie's called Pain. Do you worried you're going to run out of films with this writer's strike? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think they they fell into some luck that the the big ones are kind of out of the way yeah. um, for the year. There's some other ones coming out. Luck or um, good planning, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. True. True. Um, I mean, hopefully it doesn't take too long to get sorted out. But you know, the the actors and the writers they deserve their due. So um, you know, I'm sure they're not too worried about little old me. Um, over here, not at all. So, might be a good time for international films. Yes, yes, exactly. Thanks very much. Sam Hollis is our movie reviewer. He's been talking about the haunting in Venice and paint. Thank you, sir.